to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. I'm Tony on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. And I'm arts and culture writer, Ashley Steves. This is my first show with newly 30 huh. Ashley, if she's okay with me saying <laughs> yeah, that's that. Fine. I just I'm think fine. she's 30, flirty, and thriving. I, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> and suffering a midlife crisis simultaneously. And, you know, what better Sondheim fan <laughs> than you <Great. laughs> to suffer? Uh, thanks. Outwardly. Thanks. H- honey, uh, as a Sondheim fan, I've been suffering for, what, three months now? I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. You no speak, well, but you had a very exciting day on this Tuesday that we're recording. We're deaf going to mention it in the show because speaking of mm-hmm. Sondheim, something special is happening for his birthday. Uh, mm, mm. Oh, oh mm. what a tease. Uh, <laughs> let's get into the news that everyone was talking about today. Are you ready? I'm ready. So the the nominations for the 94th Annual Academy Awards came out I this daggum morning. And let me tell you, it's a Broadway year, baby. Uh, West Side Story led. Okay. It's got Ariana DeBose for Best Supporting Actress. Hello. She's winning. Uh, Best Picture nomination for Best Director, Costume Design, Cinematography, Sound, and Production Design. This is also, this is what's uh, kind of fascinating about this whole thing, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners know, which is that Rita Moreno won in 1961 yeah. for playing the same role, yeah. won an Oscar, um, famously has re- has worn that dress also at another um, event. Yes. I think she wore it to the Academy Awards and she still looks so good. Yeah, I know. She's the best. <laughs> uh, but the fact that, you know, Ari is getting her flowers with this nomination. Absolutely. Knowing that Rita had won and then also is in this film. I think this is the first time that's ever been done. Um, so where someone question. is Right? For the same role and where that person is also starring in that film. I don't think that's been It's done. a very specific statistic if it's been duplicated in any way. I, I couldn't think of anything off the top of my head that would also uh, follow those stats, but... I like it. I think it's a good one. Film bros, come at me. Yeah. DM me. Let me know why I'm don't. wrong. Absolutely not. Please don't talk to me. Uh, <laughs> Lemonwell Miranda, you've, you're familiar. I've, I've heard of you him. Received yeah. a best song nomination for Dos Oruguitas from Encanto, which is, you know, if he were to win, he would be yeah. a Peacock. Yeah. Second. He's a Pulitzer winning Pulitzer. writer. We got the Emmy, the Grammy, waiting on the Oscar, and of course all the Tonys. But this will be the second time that he's lined up to do this. Yeah, I remember I remember quite famously. Uh my girl Ali was performing on the Oscars uh, live yeah. and was stunning and yep. singing, and a little flag hit her in the face. And oh. I you can go back it is the saddest thing in the world because she it's like she recovers so well she's such a professional and she was only like 17 years old but um that was the other time lin-manuel that was um how far i'll go yeah uh we'll keep going with this year's uh nominees so tony winner denzel washington was nominated for uh leading actor for his performance in the tragedy of Macbeth, which we've talked about the show it also received nominations for cinematography and production design i think it will win cinematography hands down Mm. uh cyrano the film that we have yet to see based on the 2018 (laughs) off-broadway musical (laughs) where is nominated for yeah where where is come get your girl (laughs) where are you uh they were nominated for costume design Kind of shocked that that's their only nomination, but probably because they still haven't released worldwide. Yep, probably. 
Uh, which is such a bummer because this is such a miss for them. And also we will talk about it in the Heights. Hello, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally for Tick, Tick, Boom, the Jonathan Larson bio musical, a Broadway yes. alum and Spider-Man turn off the dark himself. Andrew Garfield got a nomination for best actor for his <laughs> sure. performance as Jonathan Larson. So, yeah. I mean, it, it also this one again was released on Netflix. You know, it got a nod for film editing, which is really exciting. I'm I'm really happy that he was nominated for this role because, you know, famously musicals and musical performances mm-hmm. specifically um, don't get their their flowers the way that they should. Definitely. And Ari and Garfield. That's, Ari and Garfield. That's with me. I'm happy with both of those. Other theater people include Dame Judi Dench. You've heard of her for Best Supporting Actress in Belfast. I fully support that nomination. I wept. Uh, Jessica Chastain for Lead Actress in the Eyes of Tammy Faye, which is camp. That's, if you haven't you've said seen to it, me and I still haven't seen it. And I know, I know. I'm not, I don't like to say this often because it makes it sound like I'm trying to dumb down a production or dumb down a film. You should watch it when you're on something because it is even Deal. more Deal. fun. It's like, uh, it's like watching, I, I don't know. I, I can't describe it. Anyways, Nicole Kidman for lead <laughs> actress and being the Ricardos. Okay. Uh, JK sure. Simmons for best supporting actor for being in the Ricardo, being the Ricardos. Okay. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal for adapted screenplay for the lost daughter. That's definitely been talked about. And yeah. Kenneth Brana and director and original screenplay yeah. for Belfast, which totally makes sense. The shocker here is Tony Kushner not being nominated yeah. for the screenplay. That, yeah. that one definitely is a shocker. odd one. Definitely an odd one. I think as, between that and then the other most complaints I saw were Ruth Nega being shut out for passing and passing being shut out in general. Um, and then like Ben Affleck in The Last Duel, which I still haven't seen. Um, it, HBO Max? I think so. HBO Max or Netflix? I think it's on HBO Max. Um, and then the other big snub being Pig, which doesn't have theater people in it. It has Nick Cage in it, though, who is uh, the keeper of my heart. So Yeah, I feel to, in my heart of hearts, which is not a theater um, pick, is the the power of the dog um, is going to win best yeah. picture? Yep, gotta get to it soon. I yeah. am tragic. Oh God, you've got to. I'm getting to it. I promise. I am tragically short on uh, what I have seen this year as far as Oscar nominees. Which well, luckily a lot of it has gone to streaming, so you yeah. do have more access than we would normally. Yeah, thankfully, because I'm as much as I miss theaters, and I will occasionally go to a movie that the last thing I saw in theaters was Dune at this point. Um, I, I'm still tentative and I, I'm just like, I'd rather watch it from home, honestly, still. Um, yeah. so I'm glad, like, we're, you know, we have these opportunities. It's really disappointing. You mentioned Sirena, really disappointing, kind of the way that everything played out here. Because we've heard Peter Dinklage would have an Oscar. I'd be better. He better. He deserves one. Um, but we've heard so many good things about it and we just haven't gotten to see it yet. And it's honestly really upsetting, um, to kind of, you know, awards only mean so much, but to see it kind of set up in this way where no one really got to see it. I wish they held out. Um, and in the heights as well. Like that's a, very difficult one because of where they opened in the summer, which we've talked about. Like, it should have opened in the summer. It was a summer movie, but like, it still played out where it was shut out. And we, I think we all stand behind our love for it here. Um, and how beautiful of a film it was. And 
you know, what great performances there were in that. And cinema, you know, that's something that could have been and should have been nominated for cinematography as well. And it's just too much. It's a really interesting year, I think, as far as the nominations go in general. Um, like we talked about Lynn being set up for his peak out again, Ari and both Kristen Stewart getting nominations. It's the first year where there's been two openly queer actors, which is yes. bananas to think about because we work in theater. So we're kind of used to, I think, the opposite side of that. It's because we, we cast straight people to play queer roles mm-hmm. so often yep. that w- there would this would not have happened another time. You know what yeah. I mean? Because yeah. it, it's so often. So th- no, they weren't playing queer roles this time. But maybe, <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. So some of because I love a stat. I love a stat when it comes to award shows. Some of my favorite other ones. We talked about Denzel has now been nominated in five different decades. Also very bananas. Um, Very hot. That's hot girl energy. <laughs> it is. Uh, Jane Campion became the first female filmmaker to have two directing nominations. The first was for The Piano and the second was for the aforementioned Power of the Dog. And then oh. Steven Spielberg has been nominated eight times, uh, fourth in history to – and the only person in history to receive 11 nominations in Best Picture as a producer. Coda became the first film led by a predominantly deaf cast to be nominated, which is very cool. And Troy Kotzer, who is the lead in that, was the first deaf male actor to be nominated. Will Smith, first nomination in 15 years. Bananas. Uh, Diane Warren, speaking about song stuff, mm-hmm. this is her 13th nomination for song. She's had no wins in her previous 12 nominations. Unfortunately, let's be realistic, very likely to not get for the 13th um, because we have Things like Encanto and uh, what? No time to die. I think that was nominated as well, which is probably the biggest one. That? Oh, Billie Eilish, I think. Oh. Some, somebody like that. Oh, so, I need so to. Sorry. I want to listen to that. <laughs> um, and then two more that I loved. Flea became the first ever to uh, get Oscar nominations in the categories for best feature, animated feature, best documentary feature, and best international feature film. And then the aforementioned Kenneth Branagh broke the Oscar record for seven nominations in seven different categories throughout his career. Which the best? It was previously what a held boss. by. I know previously held by George Clooney and Walt Disney, and for the latter received those in what? a lot of categories that don't exist anymore. I know, very weird. I was very surprised to see that one. The clone. The clone. Okay, she's cute. Yeah. She's so <laughs> in Broadway grosses, let's talk about money because I'm famously bad at it. The industry grossed sixteen point nine million dollars in the week ended uh, February sixth, close to two million more dollars than the previous week. But how can that be? It had the same number of productions running. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because the rise comes from the fact that like. You know, we're still recovering from the Omicron surge in the New York City. Average case rates have dropped more than 77% from two weeks ago. Yeah. I'm, $2 million, 77 <sighs> Like, that. that's kind of nuts, but also totally understandable. Totally understandable and also f- a little relieving, finally. Um, yes. 
knock on wood, because we've kind of seen how this pandemic has played out so far. Not kind of. We've been living in it for two damn years, but, you know, um, and with different variants. And I'm kind of just holding my breath as far as what the next situation is going to look like, because, you know, it's not uh, – uh, you know, <laughs> it's not to be negative or anything, but we know it's coming in some form or fashion because that's how diseases work. Um, but she I'm, said that. Yeah, she said that. Yeah, sorry, that's true. Sorry, um, but you know, this is good to see. We're starting to see it kind of climb out, as you said, of that Omicron surge and that hole that we had for like two months, really, um, especially through the end of December, where everyone in the city was sick, to see a number that's, you know, we've dropped more than 77% from two weeks ago. It's really relieving. And I know we're kind of talking about as a state right now, getting rid of the indoor mask mandate. I think it's a very big mistake because we've already done this where we started to see like people drop off as far as their mask wearing over the summer and those numbers started to climb again. Like I don't, we're obviously nowhere near out of the woods and I would like to see this trend continue uh, off the soapbox. Well, let's take a moment from the show to talk about our sponsor for More this money. week. More money. Yeah, money, please. Mm. So what would you do? What would you do? Hey, I'm asking you a question. Oh, you are God. listening. Mm. What would you do if you didn't have high interest loans or credit card debt? You probably <sighs> see company every day. With you, Upstart, yeah. you can pay off your existing debt quickly and easily and start living your life. Probably see company. Definitely see Hades Town coming up as Amber Gray is leaving. <laughs> and you know I got those tickets in a you had second. To. You had to. I had to do it. Um, thanks to things like Upstart, though, especially Upstart, it doesn't matter what debt you accumulate, if it's Hades Town tickets, if it's a personal loan, if it's high interest debts, whatever. Over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. They look at other factors like your income, your current employment, and your credit history, and they find you a smarter rate for your loan rather than just looking at your credit score, which we, we hate. So you can check your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can even receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash broadway. That's upstart, U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash broadway. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. That's U-P-S-T-A-R-T dot com slash broadway. Then let's go off Broadway, shall we? Mm. Segway. Oh, God, I need a nap. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long day for Grace. It's been a long day. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. It's been long. So, Tambo of Bones, which is a show that I saw just two days ago, has opened um, off-Broadway on February 7th, but we are going to read you some thoughts, some reviews. The show is written by Dave Harris, it's directed by Taylor Reynolds, and it's at Playwrights Horizons right now. So, according, have you, by the way, have you heard anything about this show? Um, I have heard of the one angry uh, white audience man throwing a plant out into traffic, which made yes. me instantly want to see the show. So, yes. That's, that that was literally it. So, according <laughs> to Ayanna Prescott for New York Theater Guide, 
Uh, I'm going to give you kind of like a a full little synopsis of her review, but also quotes. Um, It's quite easy to write poorly and have a white person call you powerful. Tambo and Bones playwright Dave Harris details in an essay in the play's program. The new production now open at Playwrights Horizons proves his point perfectly. The three act 90 minute production directed by Taylor Reynolds is part minstrel act, part underground rap spectacle, part academic hoopla that throws a racial tomfoolery and the N-word in the face of mostly white audience who take the bait and call it brilliance. White audience members may miss the boat and simply laugh while having a grand old time, while Black members feel disappointed or angry with the shucking and jiving. The playwright's heart may have been in the right place, but overall the work misses the beat and the play shortchanges its audience. Mm, Interesting. Maya Phillips for the New York Times says Harris's concept is promising. It brings to mind plays like Underground Railroad Game, Three Fists, and (laughs) and Black History Museum, which used music, games, and immersive art installations to deliver biting satire on subjects like minstrelsy and the effects of institutional racism. But Tambo and Bones drops its two characters, actually more like archetypes, the Black activist, the Black businessman, into the supposedly satirical world of the play and shuffles them around with little development of the central themes and progression of the main ideas. Um, I actually wholeheartedly uh, agree with both of these assessments. All right. Um, I I was fascinated by the amount of people that I've seen, especially on social media, the way that they talk about the show and the way that they um, identify as far as like their their racial history, perhaps, or just like, you know, and then I was watching while I was in the room um, times when I thought, Sorry, I um, and and I watched you know all these white people like standing and clapping and cheering because oh, sure. the, the the cast members were absolutely asking you to do that and they asked you to get involved and they asked you to I mean they were doing a great job at, at engaging, uh, but I was also keeping an eye, which sounds like I'm keeping an eye, but I'm not. Um, I love to watch people watch things. It's oh really yeah, creepy. me too. No, me too. Um, but I was looking at other BIPOC people in the room. And a lot of us were sitting, <laughs> and, mm. um, but I did, I did get up and participate to, to watch one part, but it was a fascinating kind of like little case study of like an execution and intention. And I absolutely actually implore everyone to see this show because it was such a wonderful night of like, I saw a play. I have a thought. I, I loved watching other people watch something, no intermission, 90 minutes. Uh, my ticket specifically had a lot of space in the front of me. So I was really pleased to know that there was a much more accessible row for people that might Thrills have, because uh, yeah, exactly. Currently I'm really struggling with like my knees and leg situation, my joints. Um, and so I was able to like stretch and I was like, oh, thank goodness. So I just want to say that to anybody that's, you know, getting a ticket. But um, yeah, I, uh, I, I really encourage people to see this. Uh, see, this is when, <laughs> first of all, when Matt was making his schedule, this was kind of one that we were keeping our eye out as far as like any kind of word of mouth, because it hadn't even gone into previews yet. I think when Matt had started planning his schedule, it was going to be going into previews the next day. And that whole throwing at the plant incident was literally on the first preview for this show. So it was yeah. like, we were immediately texting each other when that came out of like, you have to see it, obviously. We both have to see it, see it obviously. Um, and I don't know what he's thought of it yet, because I think he's seen it by now. I think he saw it yesterday or today, tomorrow, one of the days. He might be well, seeing it tomorrow. I think I he know. might be seeing it tomorrow. I think it's a Wednesday night show. Um, so today, I guess, for the show. <laughs> um, yeah. But th- so this is definitely an upcoming one for me. The... Uh, 
Maya Phillips' review and what I had kind of like side commented on as you were reading was the fact that a lot of what I've heard about this has made it sound like Underground Railroad game, which is one of my favorite plays. I think it's phenomenal. Um, and I was kind of expecting it to read like that. I'm very glad to see that that's not the case. Um, but I am really curious to see in terms of what these reviews are talking about. Um, and obviously can't really make my own, uh, assumptions right. on anything yet, which always really excites me. I like not being able to assume what I'm going to see in any kind of way. I'm also, I can't wait to actually read this play. Like, I mm, am really yeah, excited by that. Dave Harris's work now. Um, I'm definitely like, I'm keeping you on my radar. Like I was really excited and I, I can't wait to read this play. Mm. I don't know the last time that I saw something where I went, I'm really fascinated by the structure of this and I would like to yeah, you read want it. to see it on the page. <laughs> yeah. Right. I think, the, I think the last one for me was Fairview, honestly, which is another immersive kind of thing at the end. No. Oh, yeah. Mm, there you go. So mm -hmm. congratulations on your opening and I encourage everyone to, Can't wait uh, to see it. Yeah. So obviously this is very biased. We're yeah. at the part of the show where <laughs> I will be talking about my day, uh, but it kind of goes without saying that like classic stage company is finally getting what they deserve, which is Good. an Assassin's cast recording. Yay. Brought to you by who? I will plug it. Broadway there Records. Baby. There it is. We've been working on this for a long time. Um, Stephen Sondheim and John Weidman's show is very close to all of us, obviously. Um, and we actually were very fortunate to get Sondheim's blessing on this particular project yeah. three days before his passing. Um, <sighs> so it's, it's such an honor to take this on. Like none of, none of, none of us take it lightly. And I just want everyone to know um, if you you're going to want this. I, I literally today spending all, you know, the the entire day in the booth, listening to booth, um, but listening to Ooh, very nice. everyone. Oh, thank you. I'm a professional. <laughs> um, it's, it's going to be spectacular because it already is without editing. It was already absolutely like knocked it out of the park. These people, as you know, are pros and yeah. they are, they are absolutely in the roles for the right reasons. Um, it's actually coming out four days before Stephen Sondheim's birthday. Very intentionally, yep. we wanted to make sure that it was released um, in time to celebrate him and his legacy. And uh, a physical CD, which uh, I'm I'm hinting at that you should you should pre-order that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's mm -hmm. all I'm going to say. Great. Great. Um, it'll release <laughs> on <laughs> April fifteenth, and of course, the pre-order is available now. But I'm just telling I'm you. You need some vinyl options with whatever these similar perks are because. You know, so many people have said that and we've yeah. obviously talked about it. The thing about vinyl, because I just want to be transparent with everyone because every time people mm -hmm. have been like, Carolina change vinyl and I want to do a Disco yeah. Sondheim um, vinyl because Ooh, right. everyone Lose needs it. I love it. So it's good. losing my mind. Um Vinyl production is backed up almost eight months right yes, now. Yes, it is. It's, uh, so, it's, a, it's a mess. I have talked to many people in the industry, uh, yes. and it is uh, quite the task at the moment. I just got a Phoebe Bridgers vinyl that I ordered a year and a half ago. Great. Perfect. And it's an old vinyl. It's not she new. She doesn't so, want you to forget how good she is. My God, I love it. So 
a lot of people ask us and it's kind of sad because we have to be like, um, it's like a lot harder than you think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I want it to, and I just want you to know it is definitely in the work. You know, as a conversation. You know, I'm excited about it. We've had uh, many a conversation and I am counting <laughs> the days. Special, special stuff. In other news, Actors' Equity has hired a new team of public health consultants to advise basically the union on COVID-19. Their, their previous doctors moving on to other things that also have to do with health and safety. But Dr. Mark Cunningham-Hill is a physician who's consulted with Johnson & Johnson on recent virus outbreaks. He's going to lead the team. It includes Dr. Laura Welsh, um, who is an occupational medicine specialist, and then Dr. Steven Anderson, who's a sports medicine doctor. So they're basically just building cool. up their team, changing it up because people have moved on to other things, but it's it's absolutely at the forefront. Like I read a statement from Kate Schindel being like, you know, this is something that we're going to still need to invest in. Oh, yeah. So finally, um, there was a little teaser video of a Ouija board on social media mm -hmm. that spelled out Cat's uh, List. I'm sorry, Cast List Cats. Uh, from Beetlejuice. And it looks like they're going to be announcing a cast list soon because they're they're coming up on their April 8th. Opening uh, day. A little soon. A l uh, you know, uh, so soon, by the time you listen to this, you may already know. You may already know. But do you have predictions, Ashley? Because I um, can, None that I can, I can say on the air. <laughs> oh, well, I'll say this because I'm very happy. I've got a couple of friends in this. Hey. And when friends get jobs, we celebrate. We do. We do. So I'm... I'm pumped about this and of course it's it's like no shock like once you hear it, you're like no shock but also like yes well they are sure been sold out uh thanks for listening to today on broadway follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at broadway radio and don't forget about our patreon that's patreon.com slash broadway radio you can find me on all social media platforms at it's grace aki ashley where can people find you you can find me on twitter and instagram at no this is ashley thank you guys so much for listening we will see you tomorrow